So what was this that you were showing me, Evan? This, this chibi robo on a bike? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. It's chibi <laughs> robo on a bike. <laughs> okay. That's not that I am a robot. Right. You can't tell what's an amiibo anymore ever since they made the fucking yarn Yoshi one. Now I feel like any amiibo can look like anything. Yeah. Like a card. Yeah. That's why, I mean, pe people are talking about, like, when Star Fox comes out, they might potentially have ships as amiibo. They have the walking chickens. Still don't. Well, we'll talk about that, don't? Yeah. Hold. Yes, I'm... That star. I'm, I'm, I'm holding Fox my game. You can be the contrary. You can. It'll. It'll be good because we, Evan and I, are the freaks that actually buy the stuff, and you're the one yeah. who's like, "Why the hell are you spending like your money?" The reverse money? of two weeks from now, when everyone beats up on Doctor Who and I defend it. <laughs> I know. I feel bad, but I honestly don't know. I need to find someone. Ah, oh, it's fine. I mean, just, no, I because I just no. convinced Tyler. God, I'm sure I can find someone else who likes it. Yeah. Well. I know I know of one other person who like is really into Doctor Who, but I don't know if he's um I don't know what his opinion is on Capaldi, but I could potentially ask him, but it might be a little I don't know. We used to date, so I don't know how I <gasps> I don't know how I feel <gasps> Gasp so I don't know how well dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Hey Mike, you know if you put you know the magic bands from Disney World? I am familiar with them. I've never okay. used one, but I know them. Okay. I was I mean you could it's cool that I met Michael, but that's fine. Oh. So Michael, can you hear me? Yes, I can and hear Mike. you. So the magic bands from Disney World you could put on the the Disney Infinity Portal and they unlock something new in each game. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my god. And um 3.0 it unlocks the statue of Walt Disney and Mickey that you can just place in your toy boxes or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool smart, thing. but also really evil. Yeah, really clever way to get you to spend hundreds of dollars. Well, the I mean, you get the magic band for going to the park. Yeah, but I mean, they used that used to not be for everyone. That used to only be. Um, was it resort it people? Be, it used to be premium. Yeah, it used to only be for those who stayed at the Grand Floridian. Oh, that's where they started. Or the contemporary, or the contemporary hotel, which are the like the most expensive hotels. Uh -huh. um, we got ours. Really? Did it even give at... it to you if you stayed at the Polynesian on the same monorail? No, I don't think so. That's so. Cool. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, yeah, the Polynesian. Any of the ones that are on the monorail are expensive. I love Disney World. We're gonna start a gay disney podcast oh did you see the guy who got kicked out of disney for gay days at disney no he was just he was wearing like booty shorts and like a long jersey because like apparently the way the way um uh people identify other gays at gay days is you have you have like a maroon shirt or a jersey i don't know some some weird rule um, wait i'm sorry i'm red. sorry hold on what does that even mean? I don't identify other gays at gay days. Aren't like, they at gay days? Well, it's yeah. not exclusive. It's not like official <laughs> yeah. sanction by Disney. It's just like an unofficial thing. This one, the Wikipedia says everybody wears red shirts. I feel like it would still be pretty easy to figure it out if there's. Yeah, I was gonna say, parts. how about just by who people are with and how they're acting? Yeah, I mean, isn't the, isn't the easy way the people who say bye Felicia? 
<laughs> so he was wearing booty shorts and a, a red something that wasn't covering him enough. Um, it okay. was just like the shirt made it look like he didn't have any pants on. And then, oh. so, hey, Jeremy, can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Sweet. Um, sorry, we're just, so we're just talking about uh, this uh, gay guy at Disney who got reprimanded because he was at like the gay days at Disney and um, he had like booty shorts on <laughs> and then he had a jersey on top and... Um, oh, I saw was, this. Yeah, so it looked like he wasn't wearing pants, and so a cast member like ran up to him like as he came walked into the park. So like he went through like he got into the park, and then a cast member like ran up to him and was like, "Excuse me, sir, do you have pants on underneath those?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, a fairly legitimate question. Um, right. And, and he I'm said sure. it, was, it was sexist or something, wasn't it? Because oh he was my mad. God, that- that- because no, girls can get away with it. Well, yeah, he, he, he did something. He is, did say something like that. But he was like, um, "I have, I, yeah, I have shorts." And he like lifted it and and showed the shorts. And she was like, "Well, sir, it looks, it makes it appear as if you aren't wearing anything underneath it. Can you, do you have anything else to wear, or uh, except if you don't, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave." Really? Um, I mean, it's like buy or, our Disney branded pants. Here, I'm sure we have pants. Or yeah, somewhere. I mean, I'm sure like they would have been fine with that too, but. Um, and then he was like, you know, well, you know, I don't know if he said this to the cast member or just after the fact for the article, but he was like, you know, there's plenty of girls are walking around with booty shorts and whatever. And, you know, how is this any different? So I don't know. I, I can see that. That's an interesting uh, concept. Yeah. Um, anyway, but so, oh, did you also so see I'm that? Sorry. I need I need to say something else about this. <laughs> yeah, sure. I've looked up this article. Have you? Have you seen the picture of this guy in his hotel room? I have seen the picture. It does definitely look like he's. Where did you look it up pants. at? I'm trying to. I'm just, I wanted to look up this picture of him. I didn't see the picture. I only saw. I only read well, the text. Well, I, I used my advanced librarianing skills and googled <laughs> "gay guy gets kicked out of Disney." <laughs> oh, that would do it. Yeah. Oh, I found it. Yeah, this guy looks like he's not wearing any pants. He does. Well, he also like. I he's feel like he, I feel like that picture is just like someone trying to look like a douche. He's trying yeah, to do he's... gay porn is what he's trying to do. Yeah. I mean, well, to to be fair, like, the rules of gay days is apparently to identify yourself, you wear a jersey. So he's going to look like a douche either way because he's wearing a jersey. Um, but also just, yeah, the fact that he's like, it's like the shoes uh, with, yeah. the, with the socks, with and the sunglasses. And he had shorts in his bag. Yeah, and he had, yeah, <laughs> he, and he had another pair of shorts. So he knew, he felt Wait. like he was probably going to get Shut asked. He was prepared to... You know, yeah, change. he says, I didn't want any drama, and I certainly didn't want to get kicked out of Disney after paying $99 entry, so I put on longer shorts I had in my bag. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, also, good also, for I planning love, for that. I love that he is the editor of gay blog, Cocktails and Cock Talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's fantastic. for you, guy. <laughs> it's hard because it does seem like, okay, this is a double standard, like, how come, you know, whatever, but... I don't know. I'm going to rock my inner conservative and say that maybe the standard ought to be that you shouldn't look like you're not wearing pants. Whichever gender. Oh, right. No, I agree. <laughs> actually, no, I totally agree with you. I actually, I think it's really weird when girls have booty shorts on and then have sweat sweatshirts on top of it and it just like covers it and makes it look like they're not wearing anything underneath. It does yeah. look, I think, I think I agree. I think across the board that just is like at a children family park that just doesn't 
fly. I don't think that anyone should be able to get away with that. But yeah, if they if they like you if he were to see like a whole bunch of girls like with the same kind of outfit walking by him into the park and no one said anything, then I could see having an issue with that. But I don't know. Although although now I don't know if you've seen, but at some stores I I keep seeing really long shirts and I don't understand why. Like it's like the long like baggy 90s kind of shirts are coming back and I don't know why I do not like them, but I don't know. Apparently they're... because gay men want to look like they don't have shorts on. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's it. You know what? I think what we need right now is a bit of music to lighten the mood. <laughs> Welcome to the Gamers Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Vasquez, and I'm here with Evan. Hey. Mike. Hi. And Jeremy. Hello. Jeremy, welcome. Joining us for the first time. How are you doing? Good. One of these days we're going to do uh, it in the style of NPR. Hello, and welcome to the Gamers yeah. Podcast. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and I'm Robert Siegel. Welcome to Fresh Air. This week. Yeah. <laughs> this week, I'm talking really close to the microphone. This week, we have a lot to talk about. This is um, what are those videos called? Oh, the the, the ASMR. Yeah, the ear ther the like sound therapy ones. They're like, yeah. I'm right next to you, wrapping okay. your ear. Those <laughs> binaural audio videos were like, yeah, like paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, actually, wait, I have a. I have, you have like a soundboard. A, I have no. I have a different setting on my microphone to make it. Oh God. Hello. Hello. Do you hear a difference when I talk here? Oh, when you do, and when I talk them. here. Are you like you talking in the other end of your microphone? You sound further away, kind of. Here, I'm talking in my left ear, and then when I move over here, I'm talking in my right ear. Oh, it moved to no, mine. it moved. Okay, you know that was weird. It's a difference. If oh, I, I got, I got those mode, tingles that you get. Those tingles when you listen to the videos. So. First, we kind of wanted to make this episode a little bit about decision making. So, decision ma- decisions that we make for games, um, whether that's character creation, level creation, designing certain things, customizing in game, and then other things as far as like what games you like to replay, what games you purchase, and et cetera, et cetera. So, if you'd like to decide to stop listening, you could do that right now. <laughs> Um, <laughs> please don't. Um, I mean, you're welcome to. You can stop listening, but I I know personally I do play um, a lot of like simulators and stuff, and I enjoy that. And so a lot of things like you know Sims. I used to play. I don't play Sims anymore, but I remember you know back when the first original sims came out that was like the coolest thing ever and you could like customize so much and like at the time it seemed like amazing how much you could do and you know building a house was like the most amazing thing ever and i would spend hours and hours like building and customizing was the best part of that game like the actual game itself was like the actual playing your living your life was not really that 
engaging. It was really like the actual decision making for your character and for your house that was the coolest part of that game. And doing weird stuff like sealing someone in the toilet until they died. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Moving the door. There's the putting people in pools and taking the. Yeah, taking the ladder, <laughs> taking the ladder out Doesn't of the. Doesn't the pool. Grim Reaper come at some point? When yeah, you do he that? does. I don't know if he was in the first one, but he or I think he was. I think he's in all of the games. Yeah, he would take them. But in like the second game, I think you could actually like approach the Grim Reaper if you had another sim, and you could like try to bargain with him or something. I don't know. There was more later on in other games, but like the second one was a huge jump. I remember. The second one was a huge advancement, like graphic-wise and like the capabilities of the game, mm-hmm. and I was like really excited when the second one came out. And then when they announced the third one, I mean, it sounded cool as far as like the open-world kind of concept, but when actually playing it, it wasn't really that special, or like the graphics weren't like a huge jump over two. Right, I um, remember it looked kind of similar to yeah two, and I wasn't so into like so involved in the sims that i was able to compare features especially across mm-hmm. all the expansion packs yeah oh my god i know one they're... of the things is when you jump from one of the older sim games with all the expansion packs to the new one they release you kind of lose all that content you're kind of starting over so the the guess, um yeah. the like emotions and dreams or whatever new sis- gameplay systems they're adding in the next iteration hopefully or the open world makes up for all the expansion content you're losing but i've noticed you said so there's kind of three aspects to the sims that or three different kinds of decision making things i think of when i think of the sims and uh i didn't play a lot of the sims but my mom definitely got into it and she like your mom the non-gamer yeah (laughs) No, she's a pretty big gamer Excuse now. Excuse me, in no way is his mother now a non-gamer. Yeah. I've heard I... enough podcasts to know she's pretty good. Yeah. But she would always... more than me. She would focus on achieving all the goals of the Sims, and when she couldn't do that, she kind of got bummed out. But I know people who, you know, Sims are their playthings, and they just want to set up crazy dramatic scenarios where like maybe make everybody cheat on each other but my mom (laughs) would definitely not do something like that you know she's trying to achieve the sims goals and then you mentioned the third part that i think was never really appealing to me but is appealing to a lot of people is just building your whole house Mm -hmm. and all the power you have in that and i would when i played um when i was a kid when i played because I'll tell you what I spent most of my time doing. Um, no, I would just get into a pre-made house, and then I'd try to make uh, gay guys find boyfriends. I knew it. I was going to say gay Well, I, yeah, that's... I it, knew it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's also, like, it was, like, the first game that you could, like, explore sexuality. I mean, at, at least yeah. the first, first mainstream game that I ever could remember. So that was, like, ooh, tantalizing, like, that right. you, know, you could do anything, you know? It was it was definitely interesting, like well, the freedom. It, did it pixelate when they had sex? I thought it would show yeah. you having sex because you could have babies too. Yeah, I mean everything in. Remember, it's woohooing. It's not even sex. That's, it's woohoo. That's right. yeah, that's woohoo, okay. and it just they go under the covers and it just like the covers just like bounce around and it's like it's like pixelated <laughs> over the entire bed basically. 
I never actually, played actually, The Sims. Yeah, it actually got, I think, more graphic as the games went on. Like, the first one, I think it was just, like, entirely pixelated on the bed, and I think they were just, like, lying there. I don't think there was any movement. And then, like, the second one, or third they one... They kind of made it comedic. With, yeah, like, they made it comedic. Like, I mean, it wasn't... It's not explicit, but it's just... The, yeah, they have, like, hands, like, sticking out all over the place, and, like, you know, legs and things. Like, I think, Another... like, they, they have, like, a random, like animal or something i don't know they have something like random sticking out or something i don't know doesn't look I, like sex you'd enjoy no <laughs> definitely no i kind of found a couple i mean not that this is the sims podcast but two of the things that i kind of had an issue with you never had en- enough time and that's very true in real life but like washing your dishes would take like a ridiculous amount of time or just like doing your chores <laughs> And, like, going to work, and then you're like, okay, when am I going to make out with all the hot guys? Because I have to, like, maintain my house and stuff. And then the other thing was, I feel like people age. You could turn off aging, but people age kind of quick. Like, the timeline was accelerated, I think. It's kind of cool to, like, balance your dreams and stuff with shit you have to do. So I I can respect it as a gameplay thing. But when I was an idiot little kid, I was like wow, why does doing my chores and my homework take all fucking day? Right, and it also, yeah. I mean, it's it's a weird thing because in some ways it doesn't feel like fun. Like, you can see why people chose to play the game in, like, these ways where they would just do weird, bizarro stuff. Yeah. Like, seal people into toilets or make them drown <laughs> in the pool or, yeah. you know. Definitely. It's like you spend all day at school or at work. You come home, you play a game where your character is at school or at work. Right. Yeah. You basically use The Sims as a way to get your preteen libido uh, activated. Is that what I'm hearing from before? No, let's just say there was a lot of wish fulfillment. In that's my... right. That's that's what I'm saying. You want to talk that's... about male power fantasies and video games? Should look at my Sims. <laughs> yeah, but that's interesting because you know I often try to. I mean, I, I every I think everyone has like preferences for things that they have, you know different ways they like try to play games and whatnot. But I often, not always, but I often wind up doing something that's you know like not like me, uh-huh. uh, and I yeah. think that can be interesting. I don't know. I tend to do that more now, but um, like I guess decision making whenever I. Whenever I make, um, like, a character in an RPG or something, probably be a dude, probably be a white dude. More these days, I'm making characters that are interesting characters, uh, not white dudes. Um, So now you normally play as lesbians of color? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like female Shepard a lot better than male Shepard in Mass Effect. That's, like, a, a... the main one I could think of, but like even in just like MMOs, if so I don't think you any of the like female Shepherd more than male Shepherd, uh, I think she was just better acted. Yeah, way oh. better voice acted. <laughs> way better voice acted. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. The other aspect is you can romance people that are more at least in the first two games. I like the Garrus a lot. So. so- did you pick the female shepherd because you had more male romance options? Is that why? That was definitely a. I mean, not definitely. That was a perk. 
But so uh, basically, basically, you're a trans game player, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Depends on the game. Some games where you can have gay relationships, I'll probably be a dude. But um, yeah. So just like in, De- I'm playing Destiny right now, and they give you three character slots, and I made one of each class and one of each race, and there's two men and one woman. So, I mean, your race and gender really means nothing other than aesthetic stuff in that game. But it's just, we were talking about doing things unlike yourself. So I just have more variety in the kinds of characters I'm playing. After playing games for so long, it's kind of like, oh, let's see what something more interesting that I could do. But I definitely, first time through a game, I'll probably play as someone who's either similar looking to me or a male character that I think is attractive. That's what I do. So, What about morality in games that let you do different kinds of moral things? Not that most games are very subtle or flexible in that regard. And I feel like most, most things that try to do that are like, are like infamous usually turns out or fable like will you save the hostages or kill the bus full of children but sometimes you do have more subtle options than that do you like try to be a jerk because you can't in real life or i'm definitely one of those players who if i'm committing to an evil playthrough i'll probably feel bad like being mean to people i prefer the evil that's how i like playing games uh-huh so you want so, to talk so, to you, so yes kill bus full of children always kill the bus full of children that's that's the way you have to do it in order to have the most fun <laughs> <laughs> well i can't kill a bus full of children in real life so oh i i beg to differ okay not legally so I'll, I won't go to prison for rescuing hostages. I'll go to prison for killing a bus full of children. So you're saying that if you weren't going to be arrested, you well, no, would it's, do it it's in It's a real bad life. thing. You don't want to hurt the poor little kids. They don't know what they're doing. They didn't choose to ride that bus. Mom and dad made them. <laughs> That's why you, what you do is you kill the parents of the little kids on the bus so they have to emo- they are emotionally scarred. Yeah, that's how you create superheroes. Or villains. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So to actually see if I kill their parents, I'm creating a positive moral choice for the world. I know I definitely like I, – I, I enjoy hurting people when it's characters I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Like, I know specifically in Crazy Taxi – I don't know if – I mean, have oh you my got God. really crazy taxi? Dreamcast, wow. Okay, okay. Just the, the reason being the people no, are so on. annoying. They are incredibly annoying because they <laughs> yell at you. They're like, come on, and they scream at you and – they make funny noises when you hit them. So in that game, I did like hitting people. But um, oh, GTA, I did that. Yeah, GTA Three. It, yeah, it totally it, depends on the game. Yeah, like, I think. It, yeah, it, I don't mind being a dick. Yeah, actually, that's something really interesting about Five. I could talk about it in a little bit. What Grand Theft Auto Five? Yeah. So okay. in Grand Theft Auto Five, it felt like to me when they gave you three characters. Um, was it Franklin? Trevor was the crazy one. Anyway, so Trevor is the super crazy, like, psychopath character. And I would always do my, like, violence sprees on him. Because it felt a little more in character for him to be going crazy and going on a rampage. While uh, Michael and Franklin 
or just kind of not regular guys, but guys caught in a bad situation. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. It definitely depends on the game for me as far as what choices I make. Um, like for a game like Fable or something, I probably would tend to go as more of the good character. Um, and a game like, you know, I don't know. I can't really think of an example. I mean, typically I do tend to play like the good path. Um, but during unless that I, era, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Unless I replay a game. Um, that's the only time I would like, cause I, re- I'm, I'm the person that likes to see every single option in a game. Like I love, I, I mean, it's really dumb, but I, I like to see like, what the writers have in you know in every path like i remember replaying like adventure games because i i do or you know i i always like when i go through like dialogue trees i always like to pick an option that i know is not the right option so that i can like see more like funny jokes or texts or whatever yeah i think I, that's especially true in something like lucas arts adventure yeah, defin- games definitely like, like, like kotor was like that mm-hmm. that's the old republic I never played. Yeah, I, I played them. Um, I definitely played both a light side and dark side character in that game. Well, I love that game, so I played it like four times. But so did I, and that was one of the few times I preferred the good because the powers you got were much more powerful on the good side than they were. Oh, really? Yeah, because there were there was a there was a way you could actually cheat and do four attacks at once with good side powers if you combined them the right way, and if you were <laughs> the dark side, uh, the most powerful thing you had for a while was Sith lightning, and it would take up too much of your your power yeah i remember being a my dark side character maybe i was playing on normal or something just run into a room and do this sith lightning that hits like more than one person towards the end of the game mm-hmm. and she a woman would just wipe everyone out with just that one ability whereas i think i know what you're talking about like a force alacrity maybe a like, night speed yeah Yep, that's what it was. You would combine them, and you could go into. You had to be physical. You couldn't use like your your uh, distance attacks, but you could tear a room up as a as a good guy too. Mm-hmm. Later in the game. Mm-hmm. That was um. That had a pretty crazy evil path where you. I mean. You got tattoos. You basically end up killing your own dudes or making your own party members kill their best friends towards the end. So, definitely some. Uh, kind of heavy dark side choices in that that game. There was a uh, there was a planet that uh, sold the uh, medical the med packs, and uh, you had an option at one point to gas the entire planet or not gas the entire planet. Right. And if you gassed <laughs> it, really? no, seriously, well, it was you a... you gas the the underwater part yeah. where they farm the materials for the med kits. Oh, so and it made them more expensive. Down. But it made yeah. them. It affected the game later on because med packs became more expensive. It was one of the first first times I remember playing a game where my my actions had an impact on something larger than just my character. Um, specifically, I felt like it was a bigger impact quote because everyone had to right. pay for med packs. Mm-hmm. But you, if you killed the, if you poisoned the water supply, um, you'd basically finished all the missions on that planet and you were done. And if you were, if you didn't, you actually had to go through and and complete parts of the mission to go to the next planet. Uh-huh. So you're telling me that you can commit genocide to avoid a slight hassle? Yes. And it was like especially hassling because that was the the planet with 
the underwater sections where you get in a super heavy, slow-moving underwater suit, and you, like, slowly plod through these long outdoor underwater sections that they actually... Yeah, it took a really long time. Yeah, that was awful. That made me want to quit that game. That's why I was always okay to gas everyone. Uh Uh-huh. Even as a good guy. The trial... I feel There's like you're a... not a good guy if you commit genocide. I feel like <laughs> Look, sort of if I have to walk outside problem. underwater in a heavy ass suit, it's plenty worth it. He's doing. He's going for the speed run. Okay, he needs to do the things yeah. that take the least amount of time. He's going for personal record. Yeah, see, that's interesting. Is when you try and play when you try and play things in weird. And I've done this before, and it can be really fun trying to play things in really peculiar ways, like speed running or. Mm-hmm doing only certain kinds of things. So we, we mentioned before we really got started talking about um, us playing Final Fantasy V. And the last time I played that game, I've played it a couple times. I just, I, I was blue mages only. That's all I was, just blue mages. <laughs> um, and it's, it adds an interesting, you know, way to play the game because you le- you can actually learn all kinds of things because you're very limited in what abilities you can use. And so you suddenly learn, oh, you can blind all these different kinds of guys because blinding is like one of the only things you could do for a while. And oh, so you can, I think it's interesting to play things in different ways or like to try and break them sometimes or do wacky things because you can discover very unusual things you might not have known from a normal play. Yeah, that's one of, I mean, that's becoming more and more popular with uh, things like speedrunning and esports, it's kind of finding the optimal way to play something maybe beyond, definitely outside of the intended way to play. Mm-hmm. So I always well, like to think about Outside the intended can... way is more interesting to me than, um, you know, the optimal way. Mm-hmm to play which in some ways in some ways doing things that's more challenging is more intriguing to me yeah right which i which i think is why a game like the stanley parable is so amazing have any of you guys played it yeah it's i mean it's all about player choice and it's all about like the way you play a game why do you play a game what's the purpose of a game you know why do you make the decisions that you make and it's amazing i highly recommend it if any of you have not played it um, it's all about player choice and you can do weird things and discover interesting things just by like standing in a room or, you know, going what down game is this? the Stanley parable. Um, it's yeah, it's, you can find it on steam. It's really great. I highly recommend it. You can, you know, discover all different types of paths and choices and that kind of thing. It's a narrated story and you basically like, he tells you what to do and then you kind of like, can go against what he says you should do and then that's when you discover things in the game it's really great um you should play the stanley parable because i'm downloading it right now there are times where i thought i was like breaking or outsmarting the game and and they thought they were like nope yeah you you always think that you're like outsmarting the game that you're one step ahead of the narrator and then all of a sudden the narrator will will start talking and then you're like oh crap yeah (laughs) That's awesome. Like it's just amazing. Like the, all the different possible iterations that you can do in that game, um, it's really great. Um, yeah. So, I guess next we kind of wanted to talk about like why you would replay a game. Um, I guess we sort of talked about it a little bit, touched on 
a few games that we re- replayed, like Fire Emblem or whatever. Um, is there anything else that you guys wanted to mention, Mike or Jeremy? Well, I mean, I replay stuff all the time. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. always like giant mega RPGs or anything like that, but um, I mean, nostalgia is a big factor. Yes, things that are definitely. Fun, things that are fun and that are unique. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I was just showing my gentleman caller the other day. Um, <laughs> gentleman caller. Out of, out of frustration because I bought, I've had a I have a Sega Genesis that works still, and I have a number of games for it, so I just learned that I lost one of the ones I like the most. Um, but I haven't had a power pack for Which a long time. Which game did you lose? Uh, it's called Rocket Knight Adventures. Never heard of it. And Is it like an armadillo? It's a he's a possum, armor. actually. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, this is this is something I can bring up again if we decide to talk about old overlooked gems sometime. It's a kind of unusual game. It's sort of like part shooter, part platform game, and it has some really wacky ideas for such a short little kind of game that no one's ever heard of. Um, yeah, I feel like we could dedicate a whole episode to overlooked games. We absolutely could. And so that's one thing. I was just playing that the other day because I was like, oh, this is neat. You should see this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had so much fun that I just played it. Yeah, I definitely... that. I, I take back what I said before um, about not replaying games because I do go back to some old games like on my Super Nintendo. Like I will play, I will go back and play like Mario All Stars or I do that too. Um, I know, like I also replayed um, Humongous Entertainment games. I, I know, Mike, we've kind of briefly talked about how we both really like it, like point and click adventure mm-hmm. games, like I from do. Lucas Arts. And um, a- as a kid, I know you tease me because you're like, oh god i was already you know yes <laughs> that's true um the human like pajama sam and uh like spy fox and uh, all the humongous entertainment games which were created by um, a former developer at lucas arts um he went on to make uh humongous entertainment and created like spy fox and pajama sam and i've never other... heard of any of those they're they're like point-and-click adventure games made for kids and geared towards mm-hmm. children and education and that sort of thing but they're not uh, like, yeah, they're, they're not like ma- educational yeah but they're not like math blaster they're not like oh you know what's five times three shoot the right answer it's not like that it's not it's not explicitly educational but it's more like logic and problem solving and that sort of thing like you know find and it's just like a traditional adventure game just geared towards kids like you know find this item to do this or combine this with this and you know that sort of thing but what made that game really fun to those all of those games really fun to replay was that each time you replayed it there was a different slightly different outcome every oh, time i played those kind of games more yeah, recently really? um yeah. so the i mean the the end the ending was the same but there were certain areas of the game that would be different like yep. throughout the game so in oh, one in, there there was like three different there was usually like three or four different versions of the game where um you know like you would go into a certain building and have like a certain puzzle in one version but in another version that building is locked and you are in like some other area of the game and you have to do a diff- go to, through a different path to get an item so it's just like different items usually you're trying to find items or uh something to you know open something or defeat something you know and so to find that it would just change locations and have different puzzles depending on which like version of the game you were playing and so 
you would just have to replay the game to like find those different versions. I remember this because they had a game called Freddy Fish. Yes, Freddy. Th that's also Freddy, one of the humongous. Freddy Fish was a games. fantastic game. I, yes. I was gonna say I remember Humongous Entertainment now because mm -hmm. they had like a fox, like a it's like a spy fox. Yes, spy Freddy fox. Freddy Fish. Right. I think Pajama Sam and mm -hmm. another one. But I yeah, every there was little things that were different, but the end because you couldn't speed run through them if you didn't if you didn't pay attention to certain parts. Yeah, and so I would always go back and replay those games because they were nostalgic for me, but also because there were different versions. So it, it definitely increased its replay value and um, you know made it more interesting to play again. For nostalgia, I, I'm going to age myself a bit here, but you probably don't... I don't know how many of you ever played with the DOS games. Hi, I've done that. Okay, I played I the original Prince of Persia of oh, game. I played Load Runner. Because so, I remember um, Sim Ant on DOS. Oh I was God! All... I was one. I was thinking about Sim Ant before, but I didn't want to bring it up. So <laughs> I remember playing Sim Ant, but I also played the Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, uh, Wing Commander, and uh, there's a Carmen San Diego game that I actually went through one one day and downloaded all these old ROMs so I could play them because. Uh, if you try to play them in a, a newer computer with disk drive, the the command prompt doesn't actually run them appropriately, and so uh -huh. that's that's my minus. I used to play those games over and over, and I had this big three ring binder that was like three inches deep of all the clues. So if someone gave me a clue, I know okay, I had to click this button to go to this location. And if somebody says they have blue eye or their you know their hair's a certain color with a certain color eye, it got to the point where I could just, I knew who it was from the beginning. Because I could, the one clue they gave me would match up with the string of clues oh. I had made in this giant grid. You you wrote them all down. Yep, I wrote I typed them all out, wrote them all down, and like Indiana Jones, uh, the keyboard like and you're in the flying scene when uh you know you're you're uh you're you're playing Indiana Jones' dad and you're flying and shooting, uh the incoming uh by wings or the biplanes, uh you had to know a certain key combination to aim the cursor and whatnot and how to fight with your fists and i had all that written down all the clues and all the different logic puzzles that that, that had but i had huh. to play it so many times to do that and then starcraft came out and i forgot what dos was yeah so that makes me think how much better would i be at carmen san diego if i tried to play it now as opposed to when i was a kid Probably i think a i would lot just better, like i would but just on the guess. other hand it requires a lot of almanacking, <laughs> so it does. there's only a certain amount to which you can be any better. By the way, Indiana Jones' dad, his name is Henry. Thank you. I could not remember his name like on the You're top welcome. of my head. Yeah, I, I did. I did play Carmen San Diego. I remember like some of our school computers had like Carmen San Diego, um, Oregon Trail, um, and but that I is not a thing that nostalgia would make me replay. <laughs> yeah. Oregon Trail, man, you get on your iPhone now. Yeah. Um, and I remember my dad and I used to play this game called Zargon, um, that I, I think it was like almost like a knockoff of an, of like some other games, like, I mean, not really like a knockoff, but just definitely a, um, you know, heavily inspired by other games. Um, apparently it's a trilogy, um, DOS game and, uh, <laughs> It's very similar to Jill of the Jungle. I don't know if you've ever played Never any played of those. That. Oh, but... oh, I know Jill of the Jungle. <laughs> oh, I played Zargon. I just pulled up an image of it going, oh, I have played this. Yeah, that I played. I was terrible at it. I mean, I was a, I was like, you know, really young too, but um, 
Yeah, I remember that game pretty vividly. These days, I mean, when I was a kid, I would like replay Metal Gear Solid over and over and over again because I was in love with it. And it was like one of the few games that I had. But nowadays, if I replay something, it's either immediately afterwards because the game is so engaging and I really like the gameplay or I want to make new choices like do another playthrough make new choices or I'm replaying previous games in the series before the new one comes out but most of the times I don't even have the time to play all the games that I do want to play that I haven't played before Right. so I don't get to replay stuff as much as I would like yeah same. And, and I think that's this might be getting super off topic, but I think that's the my replaying time is also encroached upon by uh, multiplayer games. So there was a time where I would just play like League of Legends or WoW every day, and you're not when you have those sorts of games that there's no campaign to replay, so you can never stop playing them because your friends are just always playing them. Yeah, they are amazing time sinks. Yeah, that kind of takes That's the time sure. away from... I'm trying to get more back into single-player experiences because I feel like so much of my time for all these new games that came out that I should have played got sucked into whatever MOBA was at at the time that we were playing or MMO. So I don't get to replay things as much as I would like. Yeah, and there's always something new on Steam, which, speaking of which, is kind of related to our next topic, which is decision-making on games, purchasing games, and that sort of thing, Um, and then also DLC. So... Um, what sort oh, of what sort one. of what sort of games do you typically you know shell out money for? Um, what's usually your process for you know deciding whether a game is worth it or not? Basically, I guess like I try to pick games because I don't have the time either um, that are bigger. Like I paid money for Grand Theft Auto V because it was so massive, and I, I still sink time into that. And then most recently, I uh-huh. bought Battlefront the new Star Wars Battlefront game. And that's pre-ordered. It. Yeah, okay, but I pre-ordered yeah. I, 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 okay. yeah, I pre-ordered it, but I haven't I haven't pre-ordered a game in a long time cuz the last game that I nearly pre-ordered was The Order 1886 and oh, I'm yeah. really glad that I did that's not a pre-order good that. To dodge. Yeah, that worked out well for you, didn't it? <laughs> cuz that was I played that game at someone's house I'm like, "Wow, this is trash." Uh-huh. Um I mean, it looks pretty and I it has a lot of it's basically Gears of War on rails is what I kind of felt like what it was. And that game's already on rails. But Battlefront, because I'm a big Star Wars fan, and I haven't played a shooter in a while, um, I wanted to do a shooter, and it's Star Wars. So yeah. that makes it okay in my mind. I just am downloading the open beta, so I'm going to try that out soon. But I'm, I mean, I didn't play the Battlefront games. Uh, like, I guess they're PlayStation 2 era also mm-hmm. on computers i didn't really play them when they came out but it definitely looks and sounds like the most star wars game i've seen like if you've seen that that one gif or video clip of uh just like a rebel soldier and you're playing as a rebel soldier in the hallway and darth yes. vader's like slowly approaching you and it might have been pre-rendered or whatever but no that was like, live action 
was it? Like, all yep, the that's... shooting was perfectly deflected, and so... you got your ass kicked. It looks really cool. So. Yeah, so when you're playing the game, you don't have to actually manually control the uh, blaster fire, like the blocking or the reflecting. Um, uh -huh. the, the system does it automatically. Your your primary goal is to use your three powers and jump around looking intimidating as Darth Vader. Um, right. The most recent GIF has Darth Vader and Luke fighting, and he's able to kill Luke, and a rebel soldier comes up and starts teabagging Luke. Yeah, I've seen that. And Darth Vader picks him up and throws his lightsaber at him. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's it's just as intimidating when you see Darth Vader coming at you, and you're just like, well, I'm going to die, so I'm going to keep firing and hope that I kill him. And mm -hmm. you don't, because he blocks all your shots. Yeah. That looks just like uh, the movies, pretty much. So. And he, he walks very methodically. Um, but that's the only reason I've, I bought that game is because it's Star Wars, and I want to play Hoth, and I want to shoot people with my little ray gun. Uh -huh. And, yeah. And crawl inside your Tauntaun. Exactly. You know, make it lukewarm. <laughs> and next... Oh, wow. Wow. Are you proud of that joke? <laughs> I, I am very proud of that joke. I use that joke at work. So. You must just be the bell of the ball. Well, you know, dad jokes are popular at my work, so. Are they really? Oh, they are. I work with a bunch of uh, not young people, so. The more dad jokes you know, the higher you get in the company, or is it the higher you are in the company, the more dad jokes you end up knowing? Yes. Do you work for a dad joke greeting card company? I don't know, but it would be perfect. Like th my office I'm in would be perfect for that. It would, oh, like. So, Mike, what? What about you? What kind of things make oh, you want to purchase a game? I have a big stack of things, and I'm actually trying not to buy things, honestly, unless they are. I mean, like for certain big, like. AAA things or things that I'm very interested in, I will buy them, you know, like when they come out or mm -hmm. when they're full price or whatever. So, like, um, a lot of people know I really like Mega Man, and Capcom basically doesn't do Mega Man anymore. Mm -hmm. So, the only thing I've ever kickstarted is the people who made Mega Man making their off brand Mega Man. Mm -hmm. um, which comes what is out. that Mighty Number no. 9? Yeah, which has been delayed a couple times, but I'm fine with that because. They are actual game developers, and so I know that the product will exist at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, at this point, I really only buy, or recently anyway, have only bought things that, you know, like well after the fact that were then very inexpensive. Um, and I try not to buy big super RPGs because I have such a huge stack of them. So uh -huh. the things that I do tend to buy now are the more, you know, unusual, quick indie kinds of things or something a lot later. Um, just because, you know, it's partly demands of time, partly demands of money. Like, what's the point in buying something that takes such a long time when I have this stack of other things that take such a long time? Like, it just seems silly. Uh -huh. um, so it's changed my habits a lot having this weird backlog of stuff. Yeah. I, I kind of have a similar situation. I like have a lot of games that I still want to continue to play or want to play, you know, like in my steam library, I have like a bunch of games and I'm like, Oh, I'll play that at some point, And I still have not. So yeah, I deliberately did not look at steam during the, um, like summer say mm -hmm. this year. I was just like, Nope, not looked at that. <laughs> it's, it's bad. I, I, it's like, Oh, only $3. Sure. I'll buy that. Right, and only $3. Then you'll have 
50 dumb things you've never played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you guys decide on for your DLC purchases? I mean, do you buy DLC or are you totally against it and do not buy it at all? Or is it certain companies or certain game series? What? I don't buy DLC usually. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate freemium games because mm-hmm. I hate the fact that, like, oh, buy our game. Or what is it? Um, Angry Birds had mm-hmm. a, a recent one where you basically have time to play the game. And right. when you buy into it, you get more time to play. I'm like, I'm not yes, going to. That's infuriating. That's yeah. just, I want them to die in a fire. Um, but normally I don't I do not do the whole DLC thing. I, especially like Battle, uh, you know, not Battlefront, but um, Call of Duty. You could buy packs that would have helped you originally like when the first one came out there was they had some backlash on it but it was basically during the beta you could pay to have all your beta gear switched over oh really and that would yeah that would have given that that would have given um i don't know if it ever actually came to fruition i just remember because i had it when uh, i had the beta when it came out many 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 moons ago and i'm like this is crap because um i don't play the game enough but i play it i had enough time in the game i was a high level and I would have been so far outclassed. I would have outclassed everyone so much it wouldn't have made it fun. I'll so. say there. I have two thoughts on that. One is that often another reason that I often wait and buy games later is that you get those like game of the year editions or whatever that have most of the stuff in it already, and that's nice um, because I'm fine with you know DLC that adds meaningful story or something but on the other hand i kind of resent that sort of thing because i think it's interesting to play and evan mentioned this sort of a little bit before when he said he replays games that were pre previous in a series Mm -hmm. i really like playing things in the order they were made or like playing original versions of stuff sometimes because it's interesting to see the evolution of like the process of game development in a series or something like that and so it does bug me sometimes that you can't like later on you can't get the original un-DLC modified games and I feel like that's weird uh, sometimes so I have kind of like a love-hate relationship with it like I sort of think it's cool if you add neat new things that expand the story but on the other hand why didn't you put that in there to begin with <laughs> mm-hmm. i um so i'll buy dlc if it's a significant if i think it's a significant addition to a game that i really enjoy right exactly i'm not i'm kind of over the thought that dlc is content that should have been in the game that was intentionally mm-hmm. taken out to sell you later I think if I enjoyed my time with the main game and I want more and they're doing it through DLC that looks appealing to me I'll buy it I try not to buy season passes because where you don't know what the DLC coming is going to be drives me nuts but, but I am definitely and I don't like when they like try to sell them to you at the beginning in a pre-order or something. But um, I'm not. I mean, I've bought plenty of DLC for that's basically just added new content to my games. Not. I don't. I wouldn't buy like a map pack for a multiplayer game. Right. I agree. I think that's whack. Yeah, but I buy more single-player content. 
I can't believe I just said whack, but also <laughs> I think the things that things that I think do work really well and that I do think are really reasonable and it's I don't know, I feel like when you are like adding backstory to your rich world, sometimes it can feel like it's cheap and should be in there already. But on the other hand, sometimes it's not, and so it sort of depends what it is. So things that are like side stories about characters who are not the main character those things i think feel kind of reasonable or interesting to me so like yeah in dragon age there were some that were like oh here's a part with one of those other characters and like you couldn't have predicted before the game came out that that character would be popular enough to merit this sort of thing right so that makes sense to me or isn't the, the like Catwoman thing yeah in Arkham was like that also, right? Okay, that uh-huh. makes sense to me, right? You, you've got this engine, and then you go, oh, yeah, we could do Catwoman. Huh, fun. Right. So that's reasonable to me. I got Catwoman with the pre-order, and I thought that was really good DLC thing. Meow. Mike, do you buy a Mario Kart DLC? Uh, yeah, I... So... The, I really don't buy dlc very often um Mm -hmm. mainly because i i just tend to not buy games that are dlc type games uh honestly i buy a lot of indie games and you know uh adventure games or rpgs that if there is dlc it's usually like here's costumes or something and it's like i don't care about alternate costumes or anything like that or a weapon Mm -hmm. that's like you know cool looking or whatever i don't usually care very much but i agree with what you said earlier evan that i will buy dlc uh when it's a i feel it's a significant upgrade or addition to the game that it's a game that i really enjoy and would want to spend more time with so yes in the case of mario kart i did buy the dlc um i actually haven't purchased any of the dlc for um smash brothers um, right. i have i have uh mewtwo only because i had you know both the ds and wii u version uh-huh. um but that was the one that came with it i haven't purchased ryu or um lucas or any of the costumes or anything yeah mario That's kart nice. 8 is a great game and that dlc i did buy because it was such a significant addition i felt like there was so many extra levels that it added uh-huh. I felt like it was a little pricey. Um, How much was it? Uh, I think it was like each individually. I think they were like eight dollars or nine dollars. Um, so they were each they were two separate bundles where it included like two characters in each with like some special carts for them and um, uh, eight levels in each bundle. So if you bought them as a bundle pack, it was like $15 or something like that. And it, so you're getting 16 levels plus, um, you know, that's, four, I, I, four that, characters, four characters plus four cart stuff. So it, it felt like a significant addition and yeah. not that expensive that I felt like, hey, this is worth getting. And Mario Kart levels are so well designed and well, it, it's not like, oh, they just tossed in some, you know, quick you know leftover levels that they didn't like you know they really nintendo is very good about being very meticulous and perfectionist about everything that they do um or or almost everything that they do so um uh, it was really good and what was cool was that it was like a 
uh, joining with different series. So like it has Zelda, Zelda level and Link, and then an Animal Crossing level and uh, Isabel. So what? It's not Tom Nook. No, I know. I <laughs> I wanted like Rossetti or Tom Nook, but um, Isabel has kind of become the latest like face She's of the of new Animal, Animal Crossing waifu. <laughs> 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 yeah, actually, I so this kind of goes into our next topic, uh, which is Toys to Life, <laughs> um, because. They are releasing. What a, a smooth segue that was! Uh, it's that not was fantastic. I feel like the segue is probably going to be edited out. Because yeah, it's nonsense. Um, now let's talk about toys of life. Well, okay. it, it relates because I was googling Lottie and yeah. her her amiibo her amiibo, her amiibo, so amiibo popped up. up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and it's frightening. Uh, speaking of amiibo. So, yeah, we can talk about Toys to Life because I know, Mike, you think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I kind of agree with you, and yet I buy them. So I agree with I Mike. think it's absolutely ridiculous. I think it's fun and interesting, mm-hmm. sort of. Sort of, yeah. Because I... I, and this is something we could talk about in a totally separate long... We could talk have a whole podcast about this, sort of. Um, I think people are collectors and I think people like things and I think there's something to be said for tangible objects. Mm. I really do. Right. So I think it's a really cool idea from a mm. collection standpoint. Like like having all the little amiibo figurines is cool. It's visually interesting. It's fun. Right. It's a fantastic money making enterprise, yeah. which is it's, great. And you you guys who've bought them can talk all about that. My problem is they don't do anything useful. And so, like, what's the point of them? Like, I would be all about them and buying them if they did something useful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't think any company has found, like, a extremely useful use case for them. Actually, the funny thing is, I think, actually, Nintendo found, like, the most use for them in Smash Brothers, but... It's still not even that useful. It's right, like, but that use is nothing. It's stupid. <laughs> it just unlocks a character that you, uh, I don't know. I feel like I just no, don't like, need no, more like, things cluttering stuff. It doesn't well, even unlock. It, no, no, no. It doesn't unlock. It, it, so right. the way it works in in Disney Infinity and Skylanders, it does unlock the character. Okay, that's what I was thinking. So uh-huh. in Disney Infinity, I I think it's the dumbest use in those games because. And this is, you know, an unpopular opinion because Amiibo, this is an unpopular opinion because most people think Amiibo, it's like the least useful. And I kind of agree. I mean, I think it's, it's not, doesn't have much use in any games, period. Any of the toys to life. It's really a gimmick. But um, in Skylanders and Disney Infinity, you use them basically as character selection. That's it. Mm-hmm. It, it unlocks the character and you get to play as them. That's, but then it's at least like part of the game. But yeah, I mean, I but, but how is that part of the game? It doesn't like, it's not like the character lights up or the character shows some new information or does something. There's no practical no. reason for it other than it just sits there on the reader and is. Oh, in I the agree. Game, There's no know? practical information for it, but it's but, sort of like you're interacting physically with but not but like i mean the the only time i i would agree with you is with skylanders switch them up or whatever the what was swap force thank you so the the, this one i actually do kind of agree that it has some use where the figures have removable pieces so you can swap them in between each other and then those pieces are read by the scanner and it like 
by the NFC reader and it understands that you have like two different pieces together and changes up the abilities or whatever. So that's yeah. kind of cool, but again, it's still just selection of like what your abilities are or whatever, right? Is that I'm, I'm let me yeah. I just want to make sure I'm getting the functionality correct. That's uh, right, and I think Swap Force is Swap Force. So I I bought I got in on Skylanders right when it came out, mm-hmm. just because it was the first of its kind. And we're like, oh, let's check this out. So that game was all right, but then when the PlayStation Four came out. Um, there wasn't really a lot out to play, except Swap Force was out, and Swap Force, um, just, I could go into this a lot, but it basically, it took me by surprise, it was very tightly made, and it's the point where I just bought all these fucking things, because I thought they were cool, and the art was great, but I feel like the quality of game is not really... Um, being maintained because now they're annualizing this series and they're swapping it between one game developer and another game developer. So I'm kind of getting to the part where I went out and I bought the new Skylanders, which is better than the last one, um, where they added vehicles. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be really cool if I just bought a Skylanders game that had all the characters in it and I didn't have to buy any more toys and that because and how does it's it feel a, to be the only adult thinking that yeah it's such a strange God. feeling for someone who's been collecting this stuff for a while but if you think about how if you like there's a lot of content in there it's just a lot of the characters are locked behind the additional figures so mike mm-hmm. and i were talking a little bit about the disney ones are kind of different because Marvel and Star Wars and Disney characters are appealing to people for whatever reason. So right, there's least... the nostalgic factor and the fact that you have like emotional attachment to those characters because you uh-huh. already like those movies or whatever. So, so some people like the those figures because not only are they well made and they look good, but they're also characters they like, and the people just might there's people who collect the figures and don't necessarily play the game because they look nice on display but um it's gotten to the point where i'm kind of i'm gonna start taking inventory of all my older figures mostly skylanders and uh not even try to sell them i just need to get rid of them to get some more space for anything else for so new that's ones. why i don't like for, it. for all the new ones yeah, yeah buy for all the new, all the new ones <laughs> they're just clutter although i had to say one thing about swap force if you read the packaging they you can swap tops and swap bottoms so i just thought that was an interesting yeah. little hey oh, if yeah. you want to talk about gender and games so all of the swap force skylanders are male because they thought it would be weird to have female characters swapping parts with male characters they're not even human they're not yeah, even yeah. human that is Thanks. so dumb i that but, is so dumb <gasps> lady tentacles oh I no actually, oh no i actually find this this genre of toys to life is one of the ones where they have boys playing the games and girls playing the games and they're right. trying I, harder and harder to get more diversity of characters for people to play as mm-hmm. so like the new star wars starter pack for infinity um, 
has Anakin and Ahsoka from the Clone Wars because they wanted a male and a female character. Mm-hmm. And the it's Empire like Strikes Back universe where there's a like one woman. Yeah, and the Empire Strikes Back or you know the original trilogy set gives you Luke and Leia because they want you to play. Mm-hmm. You know they want choices. Right. I feel like there's a lot of appeal for you know both boys and girls and and you know disney and star wars and and even marvel have a lot of like widespread appeal across you know mm-hmm. everyone so um it makes sense um but yeah but there's so, no rational reason to own as many of these things as i do so right. if you want to talk about purchasing decisions yeah um and then I so explain it. <laughs> yeah and, and as far as amiibo goes so i mean as far as the functionality you're right there isn't very much functionality at all um like in certain games it it literally does nothing really like in hyrule warriors all it does is like give you an item and it doesn't it's not even specific to the character that you're scanning use them for that yeah i mean all it does is give you like a a special item it doesn't even it's just random and it's like you can only use it once per day but it's not specific to that character it's not like if you scan yoshi you get like some egg item it's it's just completely random um i mean honestly i feel like the game that has the most functionality in is Smash Brothers, where it actually saves data to the figurine. So that, like, no other, I mean, that I know of, toys to life genre saves any data to the game. Actually, although, I take that back, um, uh, I think Disney Infinity, or no, 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 I take so that back. So Skylanders and Infinity characters level up, and okay. that data is stored in the toy, okay. so you can, in theory take your toy okay. to your best friend's house and play okay. with your character yeah, in so, their game. Yeah, so I was wrong. Okay, so they do store like their level up data. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess it's similar to Smash Brothers. But um, yeah, I mean, with Smash Brothers, it, like, they learn fight patterns and um, level up. So they can, get, uh-huh. they can get more powerful than like a level 9 AI character mm-hmm. in Smash Brothers. Okay. So there is some use to them, but it's not huge obviously right. and it's why not would, why would i want why would i want that like well, harder ai if you're a really hardcore smash brothers player like you would want someone you know if you can't if you're not i mean yeah you could just fight online but if you don't want to like right. hurt your ranking if you want to train and do something specific and you don't want to hurt your ranking you could play with an amiibo and like get it to you know, fight in the way you like to fight, and then you could have like challenges with you, yeah, with your yeah. amiibo, with your amiibo against your friend's amiibo or your friend or whatever. It's like a Tamagotchi without the screen. Not I, really, it, but it, it, it has like similar appeal to that, where it's like, you know, something that you, a digital thing that you can care about if you want. But you can train up your character, like in, what is it, in, uh, Disney Infinity, and take it to someone else's house. I right. remember the Dreamcast had a VMU where if you played certain Street Fighter game, uh, if you played on the VMU, you could level up your character. So when you went to your friend's house and you put it in, you, like your your version of the character would be more powerful than the basic one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't have a ton of functionality, but, but one thing that I did like was that they are like all across the board compatible with any of the amiibo games so like Mm -hmm. that's one thing that i like that i know disney infinity and skylanders are not very good at like disney infinity it's like they have like 3.0 edition and those are only compatible with you know the 3.0 edition game or like skylanders has swap force and those game those are only compatible with certain games or whatever whereas amiibo 
are pretty much compatible across the board unless it's like a character specific thing like if it's like on um yoshi you know if you in yoshi's game if you scan yoshi it gives you like you know whatever but you can use like the yoshi from smash brothers or you can use the yarn yoshi it doesn't matter Mm, so like there are certain things that i like that it gives you flexibility and freedom but yes i agree it doesn't give you much functionality honestly i view it as more of like this is like the first time nintendo has ever released like official figures for them and i just kind of like i'm just kind of like a collector type person and there was like i i only initially wanted um certain characters that i like knew i really cared about or i thought was really cool looking like the figurines and then once you know the amiibo shortage started i was like okay i guess i'm gonna start collecting them before they sell out and that kind of got me hooked you know so well it's a good thing that i mean part of the reason why it works is because people love nintendo characters right like and it's smart that they're it works across a bunch of different types of games but i totally think they have some they have the ability to make a game since all these people have these amiibos now mm-hmm. they have the ability to make like a game centered on amiibos yeah I, I think it was a huge missed opportunity right like i i, I think they're, they're I they need to have them to do with them i'm sorry say that again i was saying that's what i expected them to do with them so did i yeah but i i and in some ways i don't want them to just replicate what you know disney infinity is doing yeah, and just like not. just do like a sandbox where they all just like run around and you know i mean that would be cool too but i want something more than that like i want nintendo to like do their typical you know unique you know one step beyond what other people are doing but i haven't seen that yet and so i'm kind of annoyed you know because i really like the animal crossing series like i have a lot of nostalgic you know value for like the original gamecube game like and the ds game i played that a lot with my sister um so like i li- i like the series and i like some of the characters so i i, I think the, the figurines the amiibo figures look really great and i want to collect them however i do not want to play amiibo uh festival uh which is the game for the Animal Crossing Amiibo, which all it does, it's like a, it's like all, the game is just a Animal Crossing themed Mario Party, basically. Mm. So here's the secret to Amiibos that I just realized. Think it, like, since Amiibos are compatible again across all these different games, it's kind of like the DS or the gamepad or motion controls and that, it's just another tool that developers probably only Nintendo developers now they're even one step beyond that because they're not tied to a specific console there's plenty of opportunities to use these in Nintendo products going forward mm-hmm. maybe you'll bring them to that Nintendo theme park pride or whatever they're working on yeah so yeah I mean I I'm hoping that they actually do something more with them. Um, I'm hoping NX actually uses them heavily in some really cool creative way in that I can kind of be like, oh, look, my purchase was justified. I bought all this stuff, and I can actually use them for more than just scanning them into Smash Brothers and kind of using them a little bit and then just displaying them, basically, is what I kind of ended up doing. Because the other games, 
I mean, like Mario Kart, it unlocks like certain costumes for the me character, but I never usually race as a me anyway. Um, and then, yeah, like there are certain other games that it unlocks certain things or just gives you an extra little item or whatever. So when I think about, I mean, we're talking about this a lot, but okay. the one thing, the one thing about <laughs> Sorry, these guys. figures that always comes to mind is that they are getting people in physical stores to buy things, and in the industry where more and more purchases are becoming digital, um, there's probably a lot of retailers who appreciate, like. I mean, you can order toys offline, online, but mm-hmm. there's just, I'm thinking it's nice to be able to go somewhere and, you know, buy something because mm-hmm. it kind of makes it a little more special than, oh, here's another game on Steam, just download it, whatever. So, Or, oh, look, a brown box came to my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Mike Evan Thanks. and Jeremy. Oh, sorry, for, God. It's okay. No, no worries. Screwed up the intro and then screwed up the outro. That's nice.